Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. He is risen. <laughs> I knew one person was going to follow where I was going. Let's try that again saying yes. He is risen. Yes. yes. We are continuing our sermon series, When God Says Yes. We see that yes uh, clearly and most profoundly in the empty tomb of Jesus. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen anybody walking like this? Eyes down, curved in, closed off to the world around them. You can see he's got a, a smartphone in his hand. Uh, you could go to Michigan State's campus. You could go to Sparrow or McLaren. You can go to one of the local high schools. You could uh, drive through downtown and uh, see people on the sidewalks. You could, unfortunately, probably see people in their cars like this. Eyes down, curved in, closed off to the world around them. Have you ever walked like this? I know I have. It's very easy to do. Uh, you're going about your day, and then your phone buzzes or dings or beeps, and you, you pull it out, and you, you look, and you see the message that you have, and then you respond, and then you check an email, then another email, then you check the weather, then you check Facebook, then you find yourself watching a video of a panda sneezing. You've done it before. I know you have. And then you find out, eyes down, curved in, closed off to the world around you. We've all done this before. And maybe it's not you and a smartphone. Uh, maybe it's you and some other gadget, some other piece of technology, uh, something else entirely. Uh, this has been happening for generations and generations and generations. Uh, in fact, this curvature of humans has been happening before smartphones. Uh, Jonathan Swift, the writer uh, from the 1700s, uh, gives us a really vivid example of this uh, in an age way before smartphones when he wrote the book Gulliver's Travels. And I don't know if you're familiar with the book or not, but there's a man named Gulliver, and he ends up shipwrecked on a strange island with a strange people. Uh, they're called the Lilliputians, and they're these tiny people. They don't know anything of Gulliver where he comes from, who he is, what his people are like, their culture. And so the Lilliputians watch him, and they observe. And they watch him as he interacts with his pocket watch. And here are these words. He put this engine, a small silver pocket watch, into our ears, which made an incessant noise like that of a watermill. And we conjectured as either some unknown animal or the God that he worships. But we're more inclined to the latter opinion because he assured us that he seldom did anything without consulting it. He called it his oracle and said it pointed out the time for every action in his life. Did you catch that? He was incessantly checking his pocket watch again and again and again. And as the Lilliputians were watching him, they said, that must be his God. Because he doesn't do anything without looking at it. They watched him and they saw that his eyes were down. He was curved in, closed off to the world around him. Now this isn't, as I'm saying, it's not just smartphones. It's not even just pocket watches. But really, this is the human disposition. 
Uh, Because of sin, we are eyes down, curved in, closed off. Uh, Physically, and we are that way spiritually. Uh, God did not make us to be like this. God made you and me, his human creatures, to be in a right relationship with him, eyes to him, mind open to him, heart and ears, hands open to receive. But sin has come and twisted that, mangled that, uh, distorted that, so that we are now a people curved in on ourselves, interested in our own benefit, interested in what we want more than anyone else. Our eyes are, are bent in on ourselves rather than on God, rather than on the love and need of our neighbors. This is our disposition because of sin. And we hear about how sin has, has closed everything. Uh, we hear about this in Genesis 3, uh, where the serpent takes God's word and twists it. Just, just a tiny bend of God's word. Uh, words I'm sure you're familiar with, Genesis chapter 3. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? It's pretty subtle, isn't it? Satan saying, did God actually say that? Are you sure you heard him correctly? Are you positive that God told you that? Just a little bend, just a little twist. And what happened? It was disastrous. Bending God's word of truth, bending this knowledge of God that God had given to his creatures, it was disastrous. And sin and rebellion enter in, and then we find out that everything in God's perfect creation is closed as a result of this. Adam and Eve were made to have a relationship with God, openness with him. He used to walk in their midst, in the garden. But sin comes and closes that off, closes that relationship. Adam and Eve were open to one another. They were naked and unashamed. And then sin comes in, and they're closed to each other. They're clothed with garments. So they're no longer naked and unashamed. They are clothed and divided. Even the garden itself, this paradise that God made, is closed as a result of sin. This is going on in Genesis 3. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man, and at the east end of the Garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Sin comes in, and sin closes. Closes the relationship with God, closes their relationship with one another, closes paradise, And then the Bible goes on, and it tells this sad story of how sin metastasizes and spreads and and closes every facet of human life. Brothers and sisters, husbands and wives, parents and children, closed off to one another. Communities closed off in racism in violence, in xenophobia, uh, the earth closed off from the fruits that come from it. 
uh, drought and plague and pestilence, bodies closed off because of sickness and illness and disease. And worst of all, because of sin closing everything, graves, tombs closed in death. And by the time we get to the New Testament, by the time we get to the Gospels, we see that this closure that comes from sin is so rampant, so expansive, that even the disciples, even these people that, that Jesus says, come, sit at my feet, learn from me, walk with me, hear my words, even these closest people to Jesus, even them, they're closed off as a result of sin. Their minds are closed. This is Luke chapter 9 telling us about this. But while they were all marveling at everything he was doing, Jesus said to his disciples, let these words sink into your ears. The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. But they did not understand this saying, and it was concealed from them so that they might not perceive it. And they were afraid to ask him about this saying. So Jesus tells the disciples, come on, come close. Let these words come into your ears and into your hearts and into your minds and into you. And it can't. It doesn't. Luke tells us they did not understand. They were closed off to God's word of truth, to the gospel that Jesus was proclaiming to them. And this happens again. Luke 18 tells us something very similar. And taking the 12, he said to them, see, We are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished, for he'll be delivered over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon, and after flogging him, they will kill him, and on the third day, he will rise. But they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. Sin closing the ears and minds and hearts of the disciples. Jesus tells them, here's the gospel. Here's what I've come to do, to die and to rise for you. Their ears are plugged. Their minds are closed. Their hearts are closed. They can't understand or or perceive any of it. That's what sin does. Sin closes. Sin closes. But Jesus, Jesus opens. Sin closes, but Jesus opens. Jesus comes into the world, sent by God, God in human flesh, to undo everything that sin had closed. Uh, if, If the trajectory of sin is closure, Jesus' coming is openness, taking all of those things that have been shut off by sin and blowing them wide open. That's why we call it the good news of the gospel. It is good news that God has come in and taken the locks of sin and unlocked them and opened everything up again. And this begins, this openness that Jesus brings, it begins in the empty tomb. Luke 24 tells us this about the tomb being open, the rock being rolled away. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. The tomb closed at Jesus' death. But at his resurrection, the tomb was opened up. The rock was rolled away. 
And there's two reasons why the tomb was opened up. The first one's obvious. The second one, maybe not so much. Uh, The tomb was opened up so that the risen Jesus could go out. But the tomb was also opened up so that eyewitnesses could go in. That's what Luke tells us. Luke tells us that they went in. So the, the tomb is opened up for Jesus to leave and go out from there, but also to send eyewitnesses in, looking. That's where he was laid to rest. He's gone, receiving that angelic message, and then the eyewitnesses going out as well, proclaiming that good news. He is risen. And Jesus goes out from the open tomb. And what does he do? He opens. He opens. Luke 24, Jesus walking on the road to Emmaus with some of his followers. When he was at table with them, he, to- he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us? Well, he talked to us on the road while he opened to us the scriptures. This is the great undoing of sin. Before Jesus' resurrection, their minds were closed to the gospel. Their hearts were closed. And here's Jesus, out of the open tomb, opening their eyes, opening their hearts, opening their minds. Uh, Further on, Luke 24, our gospel reading today. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, while your minds were closed, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. The open tomb, Jesus now opening their minds and hearts to the gospel. In Acts chapter 3, another one of the lessons we heard today, uh, Peter and John open their hands, and they lift up this man who cannot walk. And then what do they do? They go and they open their mouths and proclaim the good news of what has happened. God says yes to closed things being opened in Jesus. God says yes to us having our minds opened by him, our hearts opened by him, our eyes and our ears and our hands and our mouths opened by him. God says yes to all that sin has closed, to to, to opening that up in and through the risen Jesus. You know, we we talk about being a people of the empty tomb or people of Jesus, but we could just as easily say that we are people of the open tomb. Through faith in Christ Jesus, through the waters of baptism, God has claimed you as his own, and God has taken you, closed by sin, and he has opened you up so that through faith in Christ you have open ears open ears ears that can hear and trust and believe in the good news of Christ Jesus through faith in Christ you have open eyes eyes that can see hope in a hopeless world through faith in Christ you have eyes that can see the peace of God Even in the midst of war and rumors of war and global conflict, through faith in Christ, you have eyes that can see life. Even in the valley of the shadow of death, through faith in Christ, you have an open mind. God has taken that mind of yours, closed by sin, 
a mind that's unable to, to, to capture wisdom and knowledge and truth, and he has opened that. This is a gift that we have through faith in Christ Jesus. And you have open hands. Through faith in Christ, you have hands that are open, hands that can grab a neighbor and help a neighbor, lift a neighbor up, hands that are open that can then give, give that love of God, not take like the world wants to do. God says yes. God says yes to everything closed by sin being opened in Jesus. This is most certainly true. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.